0: This is the sports show we've all been waiting for. Connoisseurs of Sport features two sports enthusiasts who go beyond statistics to help you interpret the sports you love in new and refreshing ways. The Scout will help you spot players and teams that have the makings of true greatness without having to rely solely on fickle statistics. And the GM will help you understand how it goes on behind the scenes Translate into what happens on court or on the field. Get ready because no one else does it like the connoisseurs of sport. Episode 44. We're back. Oh my goodness, we are back. It is Connoisseurs of Sport. We are in the thick of it. Or well, maybe not with the NBA Finals. Not. <laughs> that, of course, is the Scout whom we appreciate every week. Scout, uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good, GM. How about you? I'm good. You seem recovered since last week. Oh, Uh, I'm happy to be here, (laughs) as Kevin Garnett would say. (laughs) As he would. So uh, (laughs) what we're going to do in this episode, everybody, is talk all things NBA. And the title of this episode, if you didn't read it, is The Truth is Revealed in the NBA Finals. And without further ado, here we go. First things, Scout. Yes. There's a robot out here that knows all about shooting. Mm-hmm. I've heard. And this robot is well acquainted with one Steph Curry, the greatest player on the planet. Ah, greatest player, greatest shooter ever, Uh, most humble person in the world. All the humility. All of those things, yes. Do do people know what humble means? I don't think they do. Everybody, humble actually means that you're aware of your own faults. That's the definition. Right, right. All right. We don't. We, I don't think we want to get too scientific when it comes to that. though, do we? I just want to. Die. I'm just letting the people know. The out of it, GM. You know, I like to drop knowledge. I am a teacher <laughs> in one of my other lives. But, you know, I like to drop some knowledge every now and then. So, tell us about this robot. Uh, we've linked everybody to a 538 article. With, I'm sorry, not 538, to a Bloomberg News article, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is it was fascinating. But tell us, Scout, about this robot. Well, the robot is called Noah. <laughs> right, not Russell Crowe. Okay, oh, oh, but Noah. Um, <laughs> and it's created by a bunch of. Uh, I'm just gonna call them geeks for lack of terminology. Engineer, right. rocket scientist. I mean, actually, the, the he actually one of the guys is a rocket scientist, and it's a third guy. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Is it? Is it because uh, if you build it, they will come uh, with Noah. So two by two, all the animals and everything. That's my guess. Okay. Or three by three. Oh, of the three point shooting. Ooh, OK. So tell it. So this is all about the, your shooting arc, is it not? Yes. Yeah, so apparently they took a sampling of all shots, high school, I think even middle school, um, <laughs> WNBA, NBA, college players, etc., cetera, et cetera, And all of these shots through all of the distances on the court, they have they have determined that 45 degree angle is ideal. And that's on the arc. Shooting arc. Yeah, right. Yeah. For the ball going in. And there's all kinds of um, 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 reasons why that are listed. And we're going to link this article, I'm sure, right, GM? So, we are, yes. So it gets into the size of the, the rim of the basket being 18 inches versus the ball being 9 inches. And I believe that's the, 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 the ball for the men because, you know, the female ball dimensions are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But um, Is that in diameter? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Nine inch diameter. Um, eighteen inch diameter. Yep. Um, for the hoop, hoop versus ball, an ideal trajectory again is forty-five degrees, and so forth and so on. Now, everybody's their eyes are crossing. I know. I'm sorry. Let's get to the, the point. Geometry. The point is. There's a handful of organizations and schools. Not even a handful of schools. I think it's two colleges that have subscribed to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also remember, this I believe started in 2004. I believe was the okay. year um, when the prototype unit was was created, and the Dallas Mavericks. Shocker. Were um, one of the people <laughs> that bought in with their um, avant-garde yeah. owner. Yes, Mark Cuban know. is all about the technology. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was 2004. But in 2014, they they have, I'll say, perfected this because initially the 2004 prototype could only do straight-ahead shots, and so forth and so on in Miami. He also invested because they had one Shaquille O'Neal at that point. Mm. They thought this would help his free-throw shooting. So, mm-hmm. fast forward from 2004's prototype to 2014. Where we have a robust model, okay? That let's just cut to the chase. The Golden State Warriors have invested in no. Mm. Again, we all full of surprises Shut here. No. Yes, that yes, yes. And, and so we're looking. I'm going to name the teams. Okay, we have the Utah Jazz, the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, they would invest in a new model because they were the prototype. Miami Heat again. So those are repeat customers. WNBA's Minnesota Lynx. Mm. And then as far as the schools are concerned, the University of Virginia and the Citadel. Okay. Okay. And it's still considered to be in a testing phase, okay? But All this right. is, again, this still has more... We accuracy. got it. We got it. Now, on okay, the staff for you. Yes. The Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors. Now, what struck me about this, mm. okay, is that if someone is off, say. Yeah. Their shot is off and it's typically just believed. They're in a slump. And there are these abstract reasons as to why they're missing. Maybe they're just missing uh, the defense, et cetera, et cetera. The Golden State Warriors allow their players, okay, if they are having a bad game or if at all they need to access it. But really what struck me most, again, is that if I am off and I have a bad shooting game, I can go in, have a session with Noah (laughs) and correct my shooting. Yeah, and that's not joking, Noah. No, not that, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, with all due respect to Jokem, we love to Jokem on the show. Yes. But, um, and and I'm going to back this all the way up to things we talk about weekly, which is, and I'm going to coin this in on this episode, leave them in they era. Oh, leave them in they era. They era, right. Not their era, they era. And we have had <laughs> multiple discussions about this best shooter ever, best anything ever, hogwash that you're being sold. Yeah. Okay, and the most recent sale of this is Steph Curry being the best shooter ever. Now, I, and I'm sure the GM agrees, or maybe he doesn't, mm. believe there's no better shooter in history than Steph Curry. He's on the Mount Rushmore of shooters. This is how I look at things. Uh. I know GM. I know. I know. Now, I, again, my only problem, my only problem with saying that is there's not enough data. I always say this: there's not enough data in his context. I'll put it that way. In his context, um, he's certainly uh, there's certainly no better shooter in the game today. Uh, but you had some interesting things on Steve Nash's numbers, shooting wise. Well, I'm getting to that. But see, here's the thing, and just to explain how I look at this, I, I'm I'm just a I don't know. I, I'm but not. GM, but GM, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. If he's the best shooter today, that puts him on yeah. Mount Rushmore, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> leave them in their era. So the yes. question is, if shooters before him, Steve Nash being one of them, yes. who was a career 43% three-point shooter, no one talks about him, career wow. 43%. And we know late in his career, that took a dip, so... Right, his last four seasons, three of the four, he was below, I think, 40% from three. So that dragged it down. I mean, his high career percentage from three was 47%. And as a 45% 45% years, et cetera, et cetera, I can go on and on with yeah. the percentages. And we know he played in a high-octane, um, second, seven seconds or less, Phoenix Suns offense, right? Right. Which, remarkably, I know this is a shocker again, his numbers elevated from three playing in that offense. Ah. This is your point, right? Because Curry yes. plays in a similar office. In fact, an office that caters to him even more so. There has never been an before. offense that is right. catered to a player like this. Right, right. But the point but is, you know what? Let me just say. Yes, I'll let let's put it. him on that. I will agree with you. Put him on Mount Rushmore of the shooters. Do it. I, I have no problem. I don't. I don't think there's much of a question when it comes to that regarding Steph Curry. But point is this. If I were to provide this machine, you know, if I had a time machine of my own, a time machine, time apparatus, uh-huh. I could use it, Terminator style, and drag this machine back with me, <laughs> and give it to Steve Nash, yeah, or Ray Allen, yeah, or Reggie Miller, yeah, or Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Oh, say that again, Mahmoud Mahmoud Ab- Abdul raouf and so forth There's a Amart Price. Yeah, I uh, I looked up before the podcast, admittedly, and had a 49 percent three point shooting year. Wow. Now, of course, uh, Steph Curry's uh, sycophants would say, yeah, but they don't have the same volume of attempts, which is true, which is true. Mm-hmm. But my question is this. If I give them this machine, could they not then at least duplicate what Steph Curry is doing or and not only the machine, mm-hmm. but every, every, every other modern evolution Okay yeah. of uh what do you want to call this um 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 scouting or 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 anything to supplement what's going on in your performance in a positive way, yeah okay. this machine is just a symptom or an example of a wide range. Okay, of tools that people use in the modern game and it will continue to evolve. So what you're saying is Steph Curry has is taking advantage of all of the modern conveniences that we have now, which is helping him to elevate his game. He's able to take advantage of things that previous players haven't. So keep them in their era. Right. And stop this all time. Great stuff. I think this I'm look this I'm dropping the mic after this. You've already, you've dropped several mics. I have, but I don't want to hear the greatest ever of nothing anymore. But I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going to create a plaque with that on it for you because you really resist going with who's the greatest. And we've talked about really just stick to who you like the best. That's right. Fine. It's fine. like, who's my favorite player? Everyone knows of all Kobe. time. Kobe Bryant. Kobe. And then Jordan. We right. know this. But you won't hear me sitting here saying Kobe is the greatest player ever or even Michael Jordan is the greatest player ever. You want to know why? Because it doesn't exist. There's no such thing. And it's disrespectful. It's uh, disrespectful to everyone else. Yes. And I would also say on Noah, it'd be interesting to give Noah to... Which Noah? <laughs> I'm talking about the robot Noah. Okay. It'd be interesting to give Noah to some scorers, not just shooters, to see what happens to them as well. What happens if Jordan had it? What happens if Kobe had it? What happens if say Magic Johnson has it? What happens if Larry Bird had no Ah, There's another one. And it's so Dale Ellis. We can reel off the names. Now here's the thing. And it's the one thing. We've talked about one motion, two motion shots, right? Let's wrap so, it up here, though, Steph. I'm wrapping it up. And Steph- this is the last kind of tentacle of this I wanted to bring up. And Steph Curry's a one motion shooter. Most distant shooters are one motion shooters. Yes, and remind everyone what that means. That means, uh, shoot, you caught me off guard. How do I put this in layman's terms? Okay, well, yeah. You, the two motion shooters, you watch Kobe and Michael Jordan, Tracy McGrady, guys like that, where it, it, it's... Their shot is separated, yeah, by a hesitation, right? Which is typically they elevate to get to a really above their defender, uh-huh. and then they hit get the ball to their set point, right? And then right. there's a brief pause, and then there's a release. Now we've talked right. about this before, so they say they, they go up. You're saying the set point—that's where the ball is with their hands, right? That gets set the launch, point, launch point, set point, right. Right, whatever you want to call it. Okay, so those types of players are more diverse scoring-wise. That's why you see Steph Curry struggle when he doesn't have space, which you, GM, brought up a long time ago. That's why you'll see even in these finals, he's shooting a certain percentage from three, and he's garbage from inside the three-point line. It's a space thing. It's amazing, Scout, how we say these things on this podcast, and then they just come to fruition. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, this is but what happens, let wrap, everyone. Let me wrap Watch. this up for you, GM. Yeah, let me wrap this up for you. So, um, so that's two motion. We got it. Two motion, and then one motion is Steph Curry, which is all one continuous motion from uh, really from when they pick the ball up straight through the set point and all the way up. Yeah. Right. So, so the, the yeah so his elevation and the shot yeah. go together go together right mm-hmm. so here's the thing about that it's easier to generate this ideal 45 degree arc angle yeah when you're a one motion shooter when you're a two motion shooter your ball tends to flat out which brings me uh, flat out excuse me which mm-hmm. brings me to Ray Allen mhm is really I'm trying to think the only two motion three point all time shooter that I can think of yeah So you'll see him, his shot's a little more flat, but it also allowed him to be a more diverse offensive player for those of you who don't remember the Seattle Supersonic slash Milwaukee Buck Ray Allen who could score from anywhere. So I just want to make that distinction Jesus Shuttlesworth. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Yes. Yes. Very good. I love it. Next, and this is a nice transition into mm-hmm. the early transition offense. Ha! you like that? Oh don't you? yes. The so, jeans on fire today. Yeah. Our friends at Five Thirty Eight. They have an article after the first three games of the final, so they didn't incorporate the fourth game, um, comparing the Cavs and the Warriors. And little did anyone know uh, that the Cavs were actually uh, the second team to uh, to have the best uh, efficiency field goal or effective field goal percentage, they call it, yeah uh, in the league this season. And they were second to, of course, the Warriors. So what this means, everyone, essentially is in that seven-second shot clock we talk about, which uh, was brought in uh, by the Suns with D'Antoni. Officially, right. Officially. We, we don't want to right. We don't want to say they invented it, but no, they, no. they brought in the prominence, correct? Brought it in. That's right. So by them, so that's what we're talking about, that seven-second shot clock uh, in regards to attempts and making those shots. So the Warriors were number one, but the Warriors had, I believe, over five more attempts during that time per game than the Cavaliers during the regular season. Right. What was happening in the finals in the first three games is it was actually flipped. The Cavs were having more attempts, especially in that game three win, Mm -hmm. than the Warriors. So you can see the article, everyone, they break it down even further. And keep in mind that this early seven-second shot clock offense includes the transition game, the semi-transition game, Mm -hmm. uh, which we know LeBron thrives in. Right. So go ahead, take it from there, Scout. Well I mean I think that speaks for itself right um and 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 typically the idea and even I kind of thought about thought this way on a on a high level was that you have to slow golden state down and you slow them down by slowing your pace that's the thing that's what you wrong. thought right that's mm-hmm. what i thought right wrong <laughs> okay um even looking at, at the numbers with them versus... And can we just say wrong for the Cavaliers? Correct, correct. Yeah. And even, you know, looking back at the Oklahoma City series, mm-hmm. um, which obviously, you know, people will call it a collapse because Oklahoma City was up 3-1, but they had success playing with a pace that was close to 100, right? As far as the, I don't know if they call that a rating, but, the, the, you know, the, the pace... Yeah, um, they were at like 98 and a half as far as pace and Golden State. Redmond You're was, talking about the Thunder, bar? Yeah, the Thunder series. And and remember, Golden State was, I believe, number two in pace behind the Boston Celtics for the regular season. So, again, you look at that and you say, OK, slow, slow them down. down. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. But no, in fact, what you have to do is limit their transition, but also take advantage, kind of give it, you know, up to, you know, uh, elevate yours to a degree because they're a really good defensive team, Draymond Green. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Right. So, really, you want to hit them before they set. That's what. That's the benefit of transition. Eagle dollar. Eagle dollar. Secondary break, whatever you want to call it. That's the benefit yeah. of that. So, what you'll see. Um, and can I just say, it's also, uh, you know, Steph Curry turns the ball over. So, if you at can. An epic take, rate, mind you. Yes. Yeah, so, if you can take advantage of that in the transition, it really works. Right. It really hurts them both ways. Whereas well, if you don't take advantage of that, or if you give them opportunities, that's how you get buried. Right. When you turn the ball, ball over against them, they really make you pay. Go ahead. Right. So, it, I mean, in this series, Cleveland is playing at a slower pace than Oklahoma city was. Mm. Right. But if you look at the win, um, the lone win that yes. the, the poor Cavaliers have, they were at a, basically a 94 pace. Mm. Okay, which was, I mean, you know, you want to be a little higher than that, but that's pretty good, especially in the game where you blow them out. Whereas if you look at the game four. Yeah. And i like to do this comparison because they both were in Cleveland, obviously. Yeah. Um, you're looking at an 84.3 pace. Whoa. Which was the slowest pace of the series. Wow. Okay. So, again. And these are numbers that actually matter. <laughs> yes. So you look at this sort of thing and you say, okay, why is this beneficial? Mm -hmm. Can I just say, um, because it was interesting, you were talking about in in that game three, it was 94, you want them a little higher, but everybody remember, it was early on in that game where the Cavs really got their lead and held on to it. I'm glad you said that, where the pace spiked, right? And this brings us to the Kyrie Irving versus LeBron James portion of the show. Oh, no. Go ahead. Because in game three, we know Kyrie had a huge first quarter and got them out to a 33, I believe, 13 lead. Something like that, yeah. And then LeBron got into his front running. (laughs) I mean, you know. Yeah, so and, you know, got a lot, that, and when I say that, that means things got a lot easier for LeBron yeah. regarding taking shots because the pressure isn't there when you have a lead. That's right, I mean. and you know the stat geeks really are coming for Kyrie. He's not defending well and his scoring is not good. You, do I need to attack the defending? Because he's getting switched off on larger players, so I'm done with that defensive rating. He's playing really good defense if you watch it. Well, and, and there is an article in Five Thirty Eight. um... I don't think we linked it, but it's there where they talk about that. Where they talk about the, the his effort, you can see the effort. See, that's the right. thing. You've got to watch. You've got to watch. Go ahead. So that was defensively. Yes, he's being switched on the. He's being uh, overpowered, right? He's yeah. being switched off on on onto um, a lot of times. Harrison Barnes, who he has no shot of in the po- against in the post, even yeah. if he's there to contest, he can't affect the shot. And Sean yeah. Livingston again. Is another person who is dynamite in that mid range area and yeah. he jumps over the top of you at, at six, seven. You talk about that two motion shot. Yeah, okay, Kyrie's too short for he may as well yeah. not be there so it's not a defensive thing whereas you look at a Steph Curry who they throw these defensive numbers at you who is always off, uh, thrown off balance defensively, is always receiving help, is beaten rather easily by offensive players so I implore you as I always do in the GM is with me on this please watch the games. Yes and even with those stats scout I'll let everyone know that Steph Curry defensively is playing poorly, even they have to admit it for this finals. Oh no, He's I shocked. can't see it. Maybe it's his can knee. You, maybe it's the knee, that's right. Can you also tell us for Kyrie the offensive side of that? Wh- why his numbers for them aren't as impressive? Well, Kyrie is, is, plays against pressure. Mm-hmm. Um he doesn't need space like Steph Curry. He can get a shot off really in 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 uh, confined space. He's dynamite around the rim. Now, what I will say is there's a lot of contact in the series. Yeah. And he's taking contact from bigger players and a lot of times not getting calls, which that's going your percentage. And that's all, yeah, it drops your percentage, like you said. And it's also why Steph Curry uh, really lives uh, behind the three-point line. Right. It's because of that. It's because it's less contact. So, you know, it, it's a Well, he can scary. for one. I mean, let's not sell him short. He can do that for one. And oh, that's two, what I'm saying. That, yeah, that, yeah. I was actually trying to get to a compliment for it to for him. Oh, you were okay. Yeah. So you know, it's smart because he he has those skills to do that, and he knows I'm behind here, and I really don't have to deal with people right. harming me in that way. Uh, again, it's a space issue, as you said. Whereas Kyrie is more of a traditional mold. I'm gonna go in as a little guy. And you know, throw up my trick shots (laughs) and get them in. Oh, he's dynamite around the rim. He's great. And the other thing, Kyrie uh, Irving's handle—it is a thing of beauty. Listen, for all of those that think Steph Curry has the best handle in the game, please stop. Listen, I I have seen. We talked about Game Three and the transition the Cavaliers do take advantage of, so many of those are often mishandles by Steph Curry. Yeah. because So it, many. Look, he has a beautiful handle behind the three-point line. When he gets inside of it, it gets a little worse. Yeah, it's, it's a little shaky. And mm-hmm. That was a joke, think, by the way. How to, how, to, <laughs> how to classify his ball handling. It, no. It, no. Don't. don't it. Okay. okay. It, it, he's not Jamal Crawford, okay? He's not Kyrie Irving. No. Um, he has a trick handle. Yes. But if I look at a guy like say um Chris Paul, Mhm. Does he really have a better functional handle than Chris Paul? No. no and by this, it's it's really That's the point. No. That's the point. It's not just how it looks, it's also are you able to protect the ball? Now, right. the other thing about Kyrie is he has to contend with LeBron's hands all over the ball. <sighs> And not being able to set up the offense, which we mentioned the last time. Uh, He just doesn't have the ball enough. It's not fair. And they do not set him up for success in that offense most of the time. Right. And what does that mean, GM? Here's what that means. Mm -hmm. He's out of rhythm a lot of times because LeBron likes to pound it, which I'm sure everyone has seen. Please watch LeBron just dribble the clock away. It's ridiculous. You know, and, and let's just make this point: everyone talks about team players moving the ball, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they beat my boy Kobe up all the time, Allen Iverson, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yes. About being ball hogs. LeBron James, everyone, is a ball hog just because they don't translate in the shot attempts. He's putting his team in a disadvantageous position by dribbling the clock down under ten repeatedly, and it's even worse than a guy like. Allen Iverson with a Kobe Bryant because he does what? Passes it when it's under 10. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Kevin right. Love with six seconds on the clock. Here you go, sucker. That's what he's saying. Anyway, let's move on from this to this. Even Richard Jefferson, I've seen him do this too. Yeah, I know, Richard Je- Anyway, let's move into this. Jeff Van Gundy on flopping. Jeff Van Gundy went into a beautiful tirade in game four mm-hmm. on this Anderson Varejal flop that was so ridiculous. And then Steve Jabby, former official, who's working as a caucus now, coming into our games trying to explain what the officials are doing. Uh, Jabby, stop it. Trying to say, well, well, you know, yeah, it may be a flop, but if it's contact, they still have to call it. And then Van Gundy basically said, no, they do not. That's the yeah. They're going to keep flopping until you swallow your whistle or just call a foul on them. Uh, by the way, everyone, we are including – A video of Van Gundy from YouTube in 2012 complaining about flopping before they even tried to start uh, their whole process of stopping it, of penalizing it. Go ahead, Scout. Flopping, what do you think? Okay, listen. In order to choke out certain behavior, this is a life principle. Mm -hmm. You cannot reward it. Yes. End of discussion. <laughs> okay, I, I have said many times to you offline GM that if I were officiating guys like Vareja, mm. they would never get a call from me. Oh, they would get never they would get everything calls would against go him. against them. Everything. Yes. If he hits the floor with someone else, it's against him until he yeah. stopped it. Yeah. And then I would say to him, Stop flopping on my court. But see what would happen is though some of them guys would not be in the league. They stay they in the could. league. Yeah, exactly. They stay in the league and they dilute the product with their nonsense. And no, this is not like a Rodman thing. This no, is Rodman had about. other abilities. That's what I'm saying. These are some fools who <laughs> just want to be on the and Bogut. I include you. So please, I don't. It's on. We Bog- need a whole show to talk about him. Yes, that so clown. I, please, stop. it's even not even like Floppy D-Bot, right? Who at least yeah. Floppy D-Bot had skills. No, yeah, quite, it was annoying. Yes, and it was there was a wiliness to it. Whereas here, I I just feel like you are cheapening my experience. Yeah, of yeah. watching the game. Get st- get out. And moving on, another thing, uh, commissioner Commissioner Adam Silver. Is now talking about getting rid of the hack-a-shack. He's been doing this for a while now. Uh, it's getting serious. I know that the number of times this has happened this season is uh, two and a half times of what happened last season. Mm. And I forgot the, the time frame he used, but for a while it's like 16 times uh, from another. Uh, point in history i can't remember the date but it's in the link that we have mm-hmm. uh so what do you think about that do you think that shack is a problem you think it should be eliminated um on one hand yes i don't like it it, it yeah. disrupts flow mm-hmm. um but what about the argument that you should be able to make free throws uh, that's a part of the game. Why can't you make a free throw? Yeah, but we know that's that's a bit of a red herring. We know there are going to be guys who can't make free throws. Does that mean... But then does that mean if they can't, let's say it this way, it's about advantages and disadvantages. If you can't make a free throw, shouldn't I, as an opponent, be able to have the option of exploiting that? Yes. And here's why I like it. It allows, it, 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 it's another tool for a coach to use and for me to look and say, hey, this guy really has a feel. Billy Donovan comes to mind yeah. as far as how he timed it. Now, yeah. some of these coaches inexplicably doing it, Steve Carr. You know, just throwing it in, Steve Carr, for <laughs> no reason. That I don't like, but for the coaches that really have a mind for things, I like to see how they employ it. That's why I'm split on this. Yeah, and hack-a-shack, everyone, if you don't know, is just intentional fouling of a player you know can't make free throws, and your hope is they don't make two of them, and then it's essentially a turnover, or maybe they miss both. Right, and, and you're thinking about this, when they when the Golden State Warriors, for example, have Festus Azalea on the court. Yeah, Philly Donovan was exploiting that at certain points in the game to break momentum. And even if you're thinking about them, because they're so, they employed a three-point shot to a devastating <laughs> uh, level. Yeah, right. So if you're thinking, if I send a guy to a line who's a 50% shooter, right, even if he makes two, which ain't going to happen often, you gain the point. I am in the black with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm split on it. if they get yeah. eliminated, whatever. If they yeah. do it, fine, I, I I really don't care. I don't really either. Also, you know, it it can be used if you do it correctly to get certain people off of the court, exactly. So, yeah. And that has been lost. We've talked several times about strategically. They have legislated so many things out of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, where it's taken a lot of tools away from the coaches. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, I they put it this way. I'll put it this way. There are worse things. I think there are things that should be above this that need to be dealt with. We've talked about some of them. Yeah, like get more serious on flopping. Uh, yes, yes, please. That's for one. Yeah. And also this um, drive into the hoop, the heat-seeking missile thing where I'm looking for a body to run into. Yes. Really soured me on the NBA years ago, LeBron James. Um, and others. And others, yeah, it's not just him. But I, I think that started happening more so with his, yeah. I'll call it his group, when they came in. You saw more of that. But anyway. Yes, you're. Yes, I completely agree. So, Hackershack, you know, here at Connoisseurs, eh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, do whatever you want with it. We don't care. Uh, last topic. Draymond Green has been suspended for Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Everyone, we are recording Sunday night before Game 5. And this is for uh, a shot to the LeBron's groin when LeBron was stepping over him. Mm-hmm. And really, when you look at the video and, and the link we provided, everyone has that there. Uh, you'll see that it wasn't even intentional. It was more like you stepping over me and you swing your arm to get the person off of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron didn't even react to that. LeBron was reacting to other things. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts of, uh, on the league upgrading that to a flagrant and um, having Draymond miss Game five. I disagree. Yeah, I think this is a cumulative thing. You know, they they will. It is. You know, with Draymond now, Draymond now has a rap because of the incidents with Stephen Adams. Yeah. Um, also, but, since you said that, it's uh, also point cumulative. So it's not right. that he was suspended for this specific act. It's because of the points he would accrued before it right. sent him over the top for the suspension. Yeah. Right. First of all, LeBron initiated this. Didn't he? I believe if we if we watch the video um again you can't charles barkley said this they interviewed draymond after the game i believe and charles barkley basically said you could have played in that era because you don't let people step over you yeah i couldn't agree more listen there's a point where you cannot allow people to disrespect you to that degree Mm -hmm. okay it was no reason for him to step over him yeah we know what he was doing so in in essence you defend yourself especially a player who has the responsibilities on the court that Draymond has he is that guy he cannot allow that Mm -hmm. okay as far as the NBA suspending people look I don't even understand what they're doing these days I really don't um I understand the points and all that sort of thing but it's just why are you suspending people in the playoffs why are you angling to do it you upgrade something in order to get them out? Well, just leave it alone. You know why? So because... People were thinking about this. And no one was thinking about this. You know, this all goes back to them trying to keep the reins close uh, when it comes to this this sport and its image and all of that. That's well, what you know where time. that started. Do we, know, we know the history on that. We're talking the palace brawl. That's yeah. where we started getting all of these measures. Mm-hmm. Okay. To I, I'm to trying fit. to be. I'm trying well, to. Be, I'm not going there either. Yeah. I'm trying to be <laughs> PC with this because you know <laughs> they're steaming my clams. You know. Yeah, what do they see? We go here, but we're yeah. not going to. This is this is a family show. Yeah. So just know this. That's really what's going on with this. Yeah. you know, keep certain people in line. So uh, we have that. That's fine. Now, we're ending here. Let me just say that. Are you going Mrs. Barrett from Lean On Me here? Uh, Yeah, very. Those of you who are familiar. If you know, you know the full quote, you'll get the full one if you watch the (laughs) book. Thank you for that clarification, Scout. And uh, we will be back next week. And this will be over when we record next week. Yeah. Scout. Um, we're still saying the Warriors will win. There's no reason to choose against them. The question will be, who's the finals MVP? You know, that wonderful award that really means nothing. We'll see if they find a way to give it to Steph Curry. Now, according to 538, if you check their site, up to now Curry second on the list for the NBA Finals MVP. It's really Livingston who's number one at this time. We'll see if that holds true. Is it's it stat-based? It is stat-based. They created some stats to come up with this. It's so exciting, isn't it? Let me just say this. Oh, here we go. Let me just get this off my chest right now. I don't want to hear any Steph Curry greatest comparing him to Jordan or any other player on a certain level. I'm done with it. This is the second year in a row where he's duplicated this playoff performance, as you astutely said, GM, earlier on. Didn't I say I got to see it in the playoffs? He is down nine points off his average in the finals with the 38-point game. Oh, and on that, everybody. I don't want to hear it anymore. Don't compare (laughs) him. Okay, I'm done with it. I don't want to hear it. He's a terrific player, To the great Greg Popovich. I'm sorry to, you know, take the reins here, but I'm I'm a little hot right now. (laughs) I do not want to hear it. End rant. There's nothing left to say, everybody. We will catch you next week. Uh, Have a great week and enjoy however many games left in the finals. Listen to Connoisseurs of Sport every Monday at dailydynamic.com.